Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. We're back with an absolute banger of an episode, 140, 146, College Football Game Day Experience Rankings. We're going to be ranking our top 20 college football experiences, okay? But on this specific episode, it's a two-part series. So this one is ranking the back half of the 20, so 20 to 11. And we're going to go through our uh, our 20 to 11 seeds on uh, on college football experiences. Rick, we've traveled the country. Talk to seeing football college football games. Talk to our listeners a little bit about the experiences and what to expect. Rob, I would be honored and privileged to get into the nuts, get into the weeds, get into the mashed potatoes of this podcast. And, you know, you think about all the sporting events that there are in the entire world to go see. And I think you'd correct me if I'm wrong, but college football games on campus are probably the best. I mean, if it's not number one, it's probably number two or three type sporting experience that you can have with loved ones going to college football games in the fall. Am I right? Uh, Yes. Yeah, college football ranks up there. I mean, I'm I'm always going to be biased to uh to European soccer, but besides for that, uh uh college football is just absolutely unreal, especially once you get to these major major universities that have such uh pride and tradition. Well, that's what we're going to talk about, Rob. We're going to talk about the major universities. You know, we've traveled as you mentioned before, the country going to games in September, October, November throughout the fall season and we compiled our top 20 here which i'm super excited to get into yeah i want our listeners to take into consideration how we've ranked these universities and their game day experiences so a lot goes into it it's not just the football stadium it's the athletic facilities the practice facilities the on-campus feel and all of the pageantry leading up to the actual game. And and if the stadium is on campus or off campus plays a huge factor into the rankings, you know, Um, and, and and Rick, you're going to be doing your, your 20 to 11, uh, you know, (laughs) for our listeners out there, I got 15 through 11. I've been to a lot of college football games, but a lot of them has been neutral sites so I might give some honorable mentions along the way, 
Um, but Rick, you're going to kick it off with number 20. So let's hear number 20, and then I'll give an honorable mention. Absolutely. And this, to me, felt very symbolic to include this university in this rankings. One, because it's from our home state, the Garden State, Rutgers University, and it's now known as SHI Stadium. It was built in 1994, and it seats now 52,000 fans. Over the years, there's been significant renovations and remodelings. It's seen a rebirth. And I use that word intentionally because Rutgers University in New Jersey is actually the birthplace of college football. Back in 1869, the first ever college football game was played in New Jersey, and it was Rutgers University versus Princeton. And Rutgers came out on top. But that's the history. The actual college game day experience on a Friday night, a Saturday afternoon at Rutgers. Rob, it's it's an enjoyable experience, especially when the team's doing well. The whole crowd is dressed in red, and they've got the Knights, which is exciting because they got a, a horse, uh, a Scarlet Knight comes charging out of the locker room on, and kind of like Florida State University will spike down that sword at midfield, and they really do create a pretty – Pretty epic atmosphere um, for their students and for those in attendance. It's ranked number 20th. Uh, it's near and dear to our hearts, but there's a lot other great ones out there. But this one I wanted to include in my list. Yeah, that's a that's a fair assessment. Uh, number 20 like that. And uh, I, I agree it's on the back. It's on the back of my list as well. I'll get to it when I get to 15. But uh, yeah, them moving from the Big East. I mean, when they were the Big East champs uh, back with Ray Rice and Mike Teal and uh, Kenny Britt, they were they were in Fiesta. They were in the Fiesta Bowl. They were in a bunch of bowls. They went to four bowl games. Um, but making that move to the Big Ten uh, with the money and renovations just are making that stadium look amazing. So it's only a matter of time before New Jersey keeps the talent in New Jersey. And they aren't a farm source for Penn State and Ohio State and all these other places. So, um, you know, and the, and the team's getting better and better. It's been about 20 years now. If you look back at the history of Rutgers University and their program, like you said, in the Big East and making that transition, they're really starting to get to a point where they're receiving that Big Ten revenue. Uh, I think we all know with the conference realignments, the SEC, the Big Ten, those guys are here to stay. So uh, I have no doubt that Rutgers will one day be um, contending for Big Ten championships. And uh, they're starting to get the funds to build out those practice facilities, the weight rooms, the types of facilities that will lure hometown talent to stick around versus flocking out to, I don't know, let's say Oregon, Rob, which happens to be number 19 on my list. Oregon State Beavers, the university, Oregon State, you and I have enjoyed a Friday evening at Risers Stadium in Corvallis. Rob, this stadium was built in 1953, so it's about 70 years old. However, they just completed a $10 million renovation, and they will be opening up the stadium in its entirety 
for this coming football season. And over the last two seasons, they've actually been playing with half a stadium because they've totally demolished one side and rebuilt it. And that was the one side you snuck into, right? Yes. Yeah. We went up to the press box. (laughs) We went all the way up to the top. I say sneak. I mean, just literally casually walked through a door and no one said anything. (laughs) And that's how we got a chance to kind of get around Oregon State University, Rob. We went into their practice football field facility. We went to their weight room. Uh, We went into the locker rooms and we liked what we saw. There's no doubt about it. It's a wonderful facility. Um, Unfortunately, Oregon the university, the Ducks, they happen to be just an hour or so down the road. Uh, they are backed by Nike as well. Um, I think they're the the younger stepchild here uh, in the relationship with Nike. Uh, they are supported by Nike and Phil Knight, and um, they just don't have the presence that the University of Oregon Ducks have created. But with this renovation and the things that they've done on the Western end zone, um, with some sweets and hospitalities. Uh, it's really pretty cool, actually. So I, if you're I, proud I, I would check it out. Yeah, I really enjoy that stadium. I'll get to it on my on my list um, as we start cranking down here. But do really uh, um, did really enjoy it. I enjoyed the the fans. Uh, you know, good hearted. Felt like a felt like an American like farmer fans. Like you know, just like there to have a good time. Uh, Oregon's a, a, a state that doesn't have a major football team in it. So uh, you, Oregon State and University of Oregon just draw massive crowds for their Saturday games and their tailgating festivities. Um, I, do, I do want to jump in here, Rick, and, uh, and I, I, we, I can't rank this team and neither can you, but I just want to say an honorable mention because I don't want to go through five and just listen to you talk, even though you got a great voice, man, but. I just can't can't take it can't take it but uh <laughs> i'm gonna give an i want to jump in an honorable mention here and we got to get down to it but we got to go to an lsu football game because you and i got a taste of what it was like in arlington at the dallas cowboys jerry jones world at&t stadium where we saw miami versus lsu and uh rick i just want i just want your opinion on lsu fans uh well, aren't they the best? That, that was a lot of fun. That was a great Robert, blast. It's Southern hospitality at its finest. It doesn't matter if it's in Baton Rouge or in Arlington, Texas, but they are just so nice, so wonderful. I mean, heck, I married a tiger, Rob. I know what it's all about. These go, go people tigers. are, they are the, the salt of the earth and we love them. That's right. As she's in the background, you have to watch what you say. Good call, Rick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We'll get to Baton Rouge, no doubt about it. We'll have a podcast episode dedicated solely to Death Valley. I love it. I love it. All right, so moving on to 18. What do you got for 18, Rick? Yeah, Rob, number 18 for me is easy. Morgantown, West Virginia, take me home, Country Roads. Wow, a little W action here. Yeah, West Virginia University, it's Millen Pusker Stadium, and it was built in 1980. And it holds 60,000 folks. This, Rob, is like out in the Midwest. It's in the forest country. Uh, There's not much around (laughs) West Virginia University. And their fans are known for being quite wild. It's one of the top five party schools. I'm kind of shocked you put this that far back, especially with 
the the weekend that you had there, the party atmosphere, um, the, the game that you saw. Uh, Rick, you saw arguably the great, like one of the greatest, I think one of the greatest scoring football games in the history of college football with Geno Smith slinging the rock at WU 70 to 63. Um, it was Baylor versus West Virginia. Yeah, RG3. Exactly. And um, it was a shootout. I always thought I was like a defensive guy and I liked defense and hard nosed tackling football. Uh, I love fast paced, high offense, just touchdown every minute and a half. It was wild. And one of the cool things that they do at this stadium is their colors, Rob, are the dark kind of navyish blue, real dark, dark blue. Yeah. And they take, they've got a, a yellow uh, color cool. as well and some white. And their stadium will do like a, a checkered uh, pattern with the different sections where students will be assigned, depending on what section they're in, to wear a certain color top. And it just creates this visual that is very appealing to the eye. Their stadium, I'm going to be honest, Rob, it's not like, it's not like some of the ones we'll get to in part two sure. of this episode sure. that are new that have had hundred million dollar renovations, sure. but it's a nice stadium. Okay. And the tailgating is good. It's, it's an awesome place to watch a game. I would recommend it earlier in the year in September ish. I wouldn't go too far into the fall. It gets cold in Mount Morgantown, but yeah, for me, Rob, West Virginia university, number 18 on the list. All right. Uh, go down to 17. Let's hear what we got for 17. Yeah, this is a special one here, Robin. I know you know some history on this university, uh, its field, and it's it's a notable uh, field because it's the only one in the country that's blue. And if you haven't guessed it by now, that's the biggest hint I could drop. Boise State University, it is really neat. Just Boise, Idaho is kind of a cool place. If you haven't been there, put it on your bucket list. And specifically, Albertson Stadium, named after the food rest, uh, grocery store chain throughout the western side of our country. Albertson Stadium, built in 1970. It hosts uh, about 36, 37,000 fans. And as we've talked about with a few of these others here, Rob, there isn't much around. There's no professional team. This is their professional team their fans live and die by the Broncos of Boise State. And it was this blue turf that everybody is fascinated by. It's this home field advantage. It, it, it's just so cool. Rob, talk to the listeners about the blue turf. Uh, I, I I mean, you you have more experience. You, you've been there. So uh, it's blue. Um, it's their color scheme, Broncos, the orange and blue. That's pretty much all I got for you, Rick. Why don't, why don't you tell the listeners about the blue turf, considering you walked it? <laughs> I'd be happy to. So here we go, folks. Back Way back when, the Boise University Athletic Department was trying to figure out a, a, you know, a fun way, a cool way to kind of like get their city, their university on the map. And the athletic director at the time had this idea, and there was no issues with the NCAA at that point because it really had never even been an idea, but they said, let's make our turf blue. Let's just, if you, a manufacturer can create a blue turf, let's install it. 
And it'll just be a really special way to stand out amongst everybody else who's got green turf, um, whether it's natural grass or whatnot. But yeah, they went and built a blue turf field. Uh, there now are regulations within uh, the NCAA that prohibit any other fields from being blue throughout the country. So Boise State owns the only yeah. blue turf in the country. And uh, it's really become like a catchphrase out there. Protect the blue. Protect the blue. And um, they're dominant at home inside their own stadium. The stadium itself uh, actually is pretty sweet because it's kind of built into a little bit of a mountain range. So okay. you can kind of look out as the sun's setting. Very picturesque. The stadium isn't like uh, awe-dropping. There's some really nice hospitality side uh, suites on one side of the stadium. The locker rooms, however, are are fantastic. Excellent locker rooms, excellent uh, fun spots for the players to hang with like ping pong tables and yeah. arcade games. Do, do, you, and- do, you, do they have any special food like out there for the games, like anything like bison burgers or – that's First exactly thing. what they serve. They serve bison burgers out there in bison country. Good guess, Rob. Good I guess. I was just curious. Yeah, if they had some. I mean, it's it's Idaho, man. It's like the kind of not Pacific Northwest, but Northwest of America. So you know, they're um, they need they need to have some intrigue. Well, the potatoes too. Their French fries are very oh. good out there. Very oh, fresh. Idaho yeah. things potatoes. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. And one, one other thing oh. about uh, Boise State is they actually have a massive facility dedicated to their band. Their band is a big part of their university. Wow. And so, um, you know, some of the big schools, you know, the Ohio State's obviously notable bands, but uh, people always think of the Blue Turf. Their band is actually a pride of their university and uh, quite impressive facility they That's have dedicated cool to uh, all their band training and uh, practices and facilities. It's pretty sweet. That's cool. And, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say such a cool stadium to go to. You know, a lot of these other stadiums we're going to talk about are pretty accessible for us on the East Coast, pretty accessible for people in Texas and all that. But to uh, take the the Pioneer and Blaze the Trail to go to Idaho – uh, for a Boise State game, I don't know when I'll cross that off, but I hope I'll cross that off at some point. It so, really and, and it's cool. It's cool. It shows dedication, really. That, exactly, dedicated. You're more dedicated than the average folk. Um, yeah, and and it's cool to see them doing. They've been doing well for a decade now. Like you know, they had the, um, I think it was the Sugar Bowl, um, right? Um, that they that they were in, and they beat Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it was Oklahoma. And uh, and and just to see them always ranked in the top twenty-five. Uh, we haven't been to this field yet, but uh, with the blue with the blue turf, I do want to go to the teal turf. I want to go see Coastal Carolina play at some point. And that's certainly an option. Beautiful place to be. I'm sure September, October, it's got to be really nice there. Boise State, Rob, only Mountain West team to make it onto uh, our rankings here. Uh, top stadiums, college game day experiences. Boise State Mountain West School to check out. You're wrong. Wrong. There's another team that's on the oh, list. Oh, that's right. Coming up real soon. Coming my apologies. Soon. My apologies soon. to the Rams. Right. Rick, hit them with 16, and then I'm going to jump in here at 15. All right, beautiful. Number 16, Rob, it is Virginia Tech University in Blacksburg, Virginia. 
And if you're there on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon for a college football game, it is a ruckus atmosphere. Those guys live and breathe by the Hokies. And it's just awesome, Rob. It's the pregame. It's the partying. Uh, the fraternities and sororities are big there. Um, they go all out. Lane Stadium was built back in 1965. It holds 66,000 fans, and they are just screaming their heads off. Uh, their team, whether they're doing well or not, always turns out just sellouts Saturday after Saturday in the fall. It's where you want to be. Yeah, uh, their entrance is is one of the be- is one of if not the best entrance in college football. Uh, Ricks, what song what song do they play? Enter Sandman by Metallica. And you'll see the crowd just absolutely shaking. The stadium is reverberating. You you just feel like you're in an earthquake as as the team comes charging out of the tunnel. It really gets the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, and I don't know if they still do it, but I remember watching games, and I loved uh, watching them bring out a old school uh, lunch pail um to uh to for the coin toss they still do that brick i remember they yeah, did that for yeah, a while that's, that, that's their motto that's that's okay. their blue collar virginia tech mentality that. we're just going to come to work today and just grind it out and, and yeah. get the w Love they that. had a huge renovation recently too to their athletic facilities so their indoor training football facility eight okay. room uh it's now pretty centrally located on campus which is yeah. also where the stadium is so uh, just a really cool buzz on on game day. And and we highlighted this stadium. We're, we're going to talk about, I'll just blurbs right here. We talked about this on a previous episode of the pod, of the Brothers Band podcast. Who'd they play? Who'd you see when you went there? I saw them play Georgia Tech, Rob. So uh, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, a little rivalry right there on the East Technology. Coast. Technology. Technology. No, it's wonderful, Rob. Wonderful. Definitely get the Blacksburg. It's a beautiful campus, and they know how to do it. They know how to do it. All right, cool. Well, hey, I'm going to jump in here at 15, uh, kind of start to share my wisdom. And, you know, it it ranks 15 on my list because you've been to 20 stadiums, but you've already talked about it. Rutgers, the birthplace of football, um, it, is on the bottom of my list. Not that, you know, when you get to these get to these 20 or 15 schools, you know, it's, uh, it's tough, especially the, to crack the top 10 nowadays is wild. Um, so yep. 15 Rutgers. And while we're going through this ranking, Rob, let's hear what your number 14 is. And then I just want to put a little caveat out there for our listeners. Okay. All right. Uh, number 14 is Colorado state. Hmm. Uh, the, uh, the Rams. So the Colorado state Rams, uh, that was uh, a blast going to see them up in Fort Collins, um, I had a great time. I wish I could rank them higher because I really enjoyed the atmosphere. You and I went up to Fort Collins um, for forever. They played at this old stadium right on the base of a mountain. And this new stadium is brand spanking new. Um, beautiful, just really great architecture, really great stadium. And what I loved about it was they have the fat tire brewing uh, pavilion or deck right behind one of the end zones to pay homage to Fat Tire um, Brewing Company that was founded out in Fort Collins. So I thought that was really cool. Um, 
you know, we had a blast uh, going around the stadium and we got pictures with the cheerleaders. We got picture with the Rams. Wait, I said, yeah, Rams, right? Yeah, I, That's okay, right. Perfect. Okay, good. Yeah, we got a picture with the Ram, which was great. We ended up getting onto the field uh, for the game and uh, taking some pictures with some of the players pregame. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. I had a great time. Uh, they did a great job, uh, you know, uh, laying out the history around the stadium. So I personally enjoyed it. Uh, the tailgating, uh, I don't think the tailgating was anything that was going to knock your socks off. I know we were visitors. We didn't have a hookup, uh, but we did go there and we did enjoy the festivities around the stadium. Rob, the stadium is built on campus. It's called Canvas Stadium, and it was created back in 2017 when it first opened. 41,000 fans. So, you know, you think of these college football stadiums, these huge stadiums that seat 80, 90, 100,000 fans. Those are great. And a lot of those are in our top 10. But there's this second tier of stadiums throughout the country that are just so quaint and elegant. Uh, It's kind of like major league ballparks. You know, there's just something about a a smaller stadium that can be cleaner, newer. Um, Anyway, Colorado State University, they have that. You talked about the little brewing deck behind the northern end zone. I love that stadium. It's for me ranked number 15th. I understand you putting it at 14th. And, you know, my caveat to the listeners is these are stadiums that we've been to. So we don't want to go and rank things that we haven't seen or done or experienced. We want to give you our experiences. And that's what we're trying to do here on the Brothers Brandt podcast to share with you what we've done. And there's still a lot left out there to see. We've got a list that I'm sure we'll share with you all in the coming weeks and months of the stadiums that we still want to get to. There's a few on our bucket list still out there. But for the ones that we've been to, these are where they, they these are where they fall. And Rob, you had number 14 at Colorado State University. My number 14 is Baylor University, McLean Stadium. And to me, Colorado State University and Baylor University have virtually identical feeling type stadiums. McLean was built a few years earlier in 2014. It's just a few thousand seats larger at 45,000. But you take a trip to Waco, Texas, and see the Baylor Bears play on Saturday in the falls. You're going to have a great time. It's built on one of the rivers that flows through town. Rob, talk to the listeners about how cool this is. Yeah, I mean, you and I went there uh, for a game on one of our sports road trips, impromptu game. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was awesome. I mean, um uh, the river is right next to the stadium, so uh, they have a dock. They have boats parked there. People are party- partying on the boats, um, pre-gaming out there. And, you know, it, it's just something you don't really think of too much when you think of a Texas pre-game. You're not just like, there's a river nearby or there's a lake nearby. And and I just thought that was the coolest thing. And to your point about Colorado State making a stadium that accommodates like what they're truly going to bring in of 41,000 people. Um, I feel like Baylor did the same thing here. They realized, you know, they're not going to bring in 100,000, 80,000. I mean, I'm sure there's still room for renovations if they do want to add on. Eventually, they always build them out intelligently. But I love how it's a tight, compact stadium, um, but can still get that, what was it, 50, 
um, 45,000 in there. Maybe if Texas or someone else comes or whatever, whatever it may be is in the big, big 12, well, not Texas anymore, but the big 12. So really enjoy uh, in their uh, Eastern end zone. They have uh, no seats. Actually, there's a big, great lawn and yes. it's kind of hillish type lawn where fans can throw down a blanket. They can just chill on the lawn and, and watch the game there. So Nice, cool setting, which you don't see typically in a lot of college football stadiums and mm-hmm. a nice size jumbotron in that same end zone. And I, I do like uh, the alternating turf for every five or 10 yards mm-hmm. um, where it's a, a light green, a dark green. So I really enjoy that. And the tradition of the freshmen. It was like the first game of the year. Every freshman uh, runs out onto the field. Yeah, it's how they initiate them into the university, into the culture. So like you said, every freshman has their shirts on and Baylor freshman shirts on and they charge out of the tunnel and they are the ones that bring out the team in their first home game every fall. Pretty cool and aesthetically pleasing to your point, Rob, the field turf looking at it on TV or at the stadium is really nice. You and I got a chance to privately tour uh, underneath the stadium and Uh, We got a chance to see some of uh, what they do for their recruits. So uh, they have this facility underneath their uh, concourse areas. So if you're sitting in the lower bowl down underneath it is uh, all you can eat, all you can drink, um, food and beverages for their top recruits in any sport. It's like a glorified cafeteria on steroids, but it's for family, parents, siblings of you know, football recruits, basketball recruits. Yeah, I mean, basketball national champions, man. So they're doing something right. Exactly. So uh, that was kind of a cool little feature that we haven't seen too much in a lot of the other stadiums. Yeah, they'll take the recruits out onto the field. They'll do something nice for them. But they have this designated area um, specifically for any athlete in high school that's being recruited by Baylor. I love that place. And for me, Rob, it's number 14. Yep. And uh, I'm going to move down to 13. I got Oregon State. We already mentioned them. You're rocking the shirt. Um, we don't have to get too into it again. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed the I enjoyed my time out there. That was good. Go go Beavs. Go. Beavs. I always like oh, they had the great. chainsaw. The chainsaw is yeah. a big thing out there. You know, they're cutting down the wood all the time. Yeah. We, when we went out there, um, we saw Stanford, Oregon State, Christian McCaffrey lit it up for like 250 yards and like four tutties. Uh, <laughs> but that was, that was really cool. That was cool. Sitting in their fan section, you and I bought nosebleed tickets and then just walked down to the fan, walked down to not the fan section, the student section um, and sat literally second or first row the entire game. Um, and we had a blast. So uh, let me hear Let me hear what you got, Rick. What's next. Sure. Number 13, Rob, for me is a really special one. It's one that for many, many years we've always wanted to get to. And it happened to be on my bachelor trip yes. uh, last year. We all went out to Arizona State University and we got a chance to go to a Sun Devils football game. And I think what made What's it up? for us works up so memorable was the behind the scenes VIP tours that we were able to coordinate in advance. Like we've done for a lot of these universities. Shout out to Colton. Colton, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, thanks again for making our experience at ASU just so special. 
their football stadium, Rob, has seen renovations over the years. In fact, it actually has gotten smaller in size. It once was the stadium for the Arizona Cardinals NFL team. It once hosted a Super Bowl, and it's built inside of a a rock mountain wall. They literally had to use dynamite to blow out this space to create this structure. And when the sun is setting, it is just a spectacle that uh, is really neat out in the desert setting. Rob, talk to the listeners a little bit about what some of your favorite points were at ASU. Yeah, well, um, I'm just going to jump down and say on my ranking, it's actually number 12. So it's right there. Um, So we're going to follow suit, talk about it. Um, I loved how it was on campus. Like it was just so easy to get there. Some, some uh, stadiums are a little bit further away. We'll talk about one in our top 10. That's very far away from the, from the actual campus. Um, But I loved how, um, how close it was to the basketball stadium. It was literally right next to the basketball stadium. Um, I loved, uh, let's see, geez. Um, I loved the renovations, uh, the behind the scenes tour, the history, Colton did a great job of taking us into uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, which was nice. Uh, but just seeing the seeing them with their suites and what they were doing for their suites, they knew they needed to upgrade them. I I love stadiums, like I mentioned previously, that know their fan base. They're lowering their attendance. They're kind of you know some lowering their um their seating like right they're taking out seats they're making it more luxurious because some some teams will just you know be prideful and just have big stadiums and they won't fill them up but arizona state was like you know what let's make it a little bit more make some more boxes and all that so i really enjoyed that aspect of it he he showed us like three or four spots in the stadium and then where where we sat for that game i mean we went to a northern arizona um nau versus ASU home opener. Um, so it, it was not packed. We, I, I truly believe we did not get the true ASU experience there. We got to go there when they're playing U of A or something. Um, but uh, I, I could just imagine how ruckus it is. I love the Pat Tillman statue. Um, we've talked about this on a previous episode, but Pat Tillman, um, arguably the best player coming out of Arizona State went to the Arizona Cardinals, Arizona for life, went to decided to forego his NFL career to serve in the military, unfortunately passed away um, from friendly fire in the military. So they have a statue, this epic statue of Pat Tillman with his long hair, um, which I get goosebumps thinking about and every player touches it on their way out to go play. So I think that was really cool. And then I also love their color scheme. Their color scheme is fantastic. Um, you know, you got the maroon, the the yellow, the black, the white. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, married man, you're married man. But uh, hey, phenomenal, phenomenal campus. Uh, lots of beautiful women walking around. So if you're single, you know, not us. But if you're single out there, go out there. Have a great time at ASU. I, I love their logo, like the devil himself, you mm-hmm. know, like carrying the pitchfork. I feel like that's just one of the coolest logos in college football. It's intimidating. I think that for me, Rob, being out on the field as the team came out of the tunnel, holding the Arizona State flag as the students section was just jam packed and the sound was bumping. It was just 
it was really cool. And I, I loved that place. And I felt like it was a fun spot to check, check out a game during the football season. Yep. Yep. And I'm going, uh, let me go to a, my 11 and your 11. We'll wrap this up. My 11 is Baylor. We already went over it. Um, but right there, one, two punch ASU and Baylor, um, really enjoyed that stadium. So, uh, well, let's, let's hear what your 11 is, Rick. And we'll, sure, wrap well I'll, I'll give you my stage. 11 and I'll give you my 12 and they're both right there in the same city of Los Angeles, Rob, these guys are historic venues that we've actually talked about in previous podcast episodes, but put them on your bucket list. If you haven't already for me, Number 12 is UCLA, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, built in 1922, seats 89,000, and UCLA has been playing their college football games there since 1982, so about 40 years roughly that the Bruins of University of California have been playing their games at the Rose Bowl. We all know on New Year's Day, there's the epic Rose Bowl game. But this also is home to a college football team every Saturday in the fall. And you and I have been there. We've enjoyed it. It's a historic venue. They've had Super Bowls. They've had World Cups. They've had the Olympics there. In fact, that was the reason why the stadium was built 100 years ago. And for me, Rob, I love it. I think it's a really cool spot, a historic venue. It's it's outdated. Uh, the venue, uh, the seating is definitely a little archaic, but it's got some historic traditions there. And, you know, it's like the Wrigley Field and the Fenway Parks of of baseball. So UCLA is my number 12, the Rose Bowl. And at number 11, to close out this podcast episode, is number 11, University of Southern California, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, built one year later in 1923. It's known as the greatest stadium in the world, and this year we'll be celebrating its centennial 100th year anniversary. It seats 77,000 fans. It's hosted everything that the Rose Bowl has hosted, including NFL teams. And it's it's a really cool venue because it's got the Olympic statues outside of it. It's got this fire-blowing yeah. torch outside of it. And when the Trojans were at their peak, whether it was in the early 2000s or in the 80s or even before that, back in the 40s and the 50s, the Coliseum was the iconic venue for football. And for me, Rob, it closes out our episode of 146 college football game day experiences, number 11 for me. And you, yeah, we went went over this on a previous podcast. You actually saw a game at USC, like a day game at USC. And then in the same exact day, you drove to Pasadena and saw a game in UCLA for a doubleheader. How cool was that? It's not possible for a lot of college football games to pull off a doubleheader in one day. The proximity just doesn't allow for it. And then the scheduling of game times also just doesn't allow for it. But you're right. I went to a Trojans game. Uh, it was a noon kickoff, and I was able to watch the whole game and about a half hour, 25-minute drive away, get up to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and watch an evening kickoff between the Bruins and and Cal Berkeley. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I thought um, these two stadiums are special. They're in the same yep. city. 
it it's fitting that you're talking about USC too. I was just at a wedding this weekend in Philadelphia and uh, there was a USC law student there and I was asking him how great is USC stadium and the Coliseum. And he goes, ah, it's awesome. It's on campus. So like when you go there, as far as you can see is, uh, is red and gold. Um, he's like, I'm in the law school and we just have an epic party right in front of our, our house, um, right by the stadium. So, uh, he was just going on and on about the tailgating. And, you know, for those of your listeners out there that want to check it out, go out there, go to LA, eat, you can get anywhere can get to LA fast, you know, direct flights, go and check out a game at USC. Rob, as we move along and we chronicle our top college football game day experiences, I'm excited for us and our viewers to get into our next episode coming up real soon, where we talk about our top 10 college football experiences. But for now, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. Thanks for listening. And we're the Brothers Brandt. <laughs>